You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock podcast. It's the second part of the conversation Peter and I are having with Charlie Hafferden. So welcome back again, Charlie, to you. How are you doing? Yeah, all good, mate. Pleasure to be back. Excellent. Great, great. We are now previewing the City game in a special shorter uh, feature. Um, we're going to get into it, talk a little bit about it ourselves, amongst ourselves in a moment. But first of all, um, earlier on today, Monday, I caught up with Natalie Pike, who does a load of content TV and audio for the match day at City. Um, and she's a massive City fan as well. So I spoke to her about her affiliation, what she does for a living, and what she thought was going to happen with the game. This is what she said. Welcome to the show, Natalie. How are you doing? Hiya. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yes. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very well. Thanks. Um, all the better for knowing there's a Man City match coming up for us. I'm sure we'll, we'll be absolutely fine in that one. No problem at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's exciting, though. It's exciting right now to play us because I have no idea who'll play. So you'll, you'll like, like we do, we sit and wait for the team sheets to come out. So it's a bit of excitement for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, daunting for some of us, actually. But um, yeah. Anyway, no, it's great to have you on. It's great to have a city voice, um, a Manchester voice as well, um, which is good. I think our first city fan that we had on the podcast, actually. Um, so welcome in that regard as well. Um, we'll get on to city stuff in a minute. But first of all, just for anyone that doesn't know or isn't familiar enough with what you do, um, tell us about yourself in terms of well, what you do for a career, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, present for Manchester City. So I um, currently host the match day programme that we call We're Not Really Here. So that goes out on all the city social channels. So YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And we do that an hour before every game. We do it at half time and full time as well. So you get instant analysis. There's a couple of presenters and we kind of we switch around and then we have um, two ex-city legends that join us as well. And we, you know, we have some really phenomenal guests, you know, Julian Lescott, Neda Manua, Sean Go. To Paul Dickoff, like all like city legends and city fans adore. Um, and we do like an hour before every game. Um, before that started this year, obviously with the pandemic and with the kind of having to change what we do. Before that, I'd been presenting for the club for nine years for the, the match day um events that, that we call City Square. 
So for any Brighton fans that have been up to, to the Etihad, if you had a walk around, you'll have seen the, the big stage that we have and the outside oh, yeah. and the outside food bit. So um pre-pandemic I was I'd hosted that for for nine years. So um yeah, this would have been my well, this is my tenth year, would have been my tenth year at City Square, oh. but this is my tenth year working for the club. Excellent. Yeah, I think I've seen City Square. We did walk rounds on the evening game we have with you guys. I think it was a year or two ago. And um, I might have even heard you talking from there. We didn't really kind of pay too much attention to what was happening because it was all city related, obviously. But um, we had a good good walk around. It's somewhere just where they've got some kind of, um, there's a building opposite, isn't there? There's some other part of the complex, I think. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. apologies. You heard that bing bing there. That was my uh, that was my laptop. It never never goes quiet. I'll just uh, shut. I'll just shut my email so that doesn't happen again. But yeah, it's um it's the club shop and then outside bars, outside food areas, big stage, and we do. Um, I always describe it as like a bit of like a Graham Norton type. Jonathan Ross type show like we have celebrity guests we have a band we do giveaways we do um match analysis obviously um you know again before the game immediately after the game as well yeah and the thing with the Etihad there's lots of space around there isn't there so it's it's a lot easier to be able to do that I think and it looks pretty popular when we walk by um is that generally as long as it's not raining like we've, yeah. we've had some occasions where it's been absolutely tipping down. We've had like guests and we're like, we're so sorry. There's no one here. It's because it's tipping down. <laughs> and oh, obviously no. Not, so. <laughs> I think it might have been drizzling when we were walking around, actually, come to think it, of it. It's yeah. always drizzling. Yeah, it's always drizzling. Yeah. <laughs> it's Manchester. <laughs> Whereas we feel like down there in Brighton, you guys just have sunshine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's better weather. I wouldn't say it's perfect all the time, but uh, yeah. yeah, I guess it is. We're, we're lucky that way. Although I'm in London, but even then that's yeah, not much of a match really isn't it um so in terms of you with city because i think a quick google search suggested you were born in scotland but you were brought up in stockport i think was that right yeah yeah so same as a certain mr foden i know right well i actually (laughs) moved to to manchester when we moved from scotland so um when i became a city fan we lived in withenshaw and then a few years later we moved to stockport yeah which is um you know manchester united fans always say that city fans are from stockport but that's fine um and then i got my first season ticket when i was 15 I saved up all my pocket money and back then it was £150 for a season ticket so in 1998 at 15 I got my first season ticket and I have had um, season ticket ever since so this would have been my 21st season if it you know we'd have had a season ticket so next year will be my I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call it 22nd I'm gonna yeah. take a gap in it yeah it's tw- 20, 22 years <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think you should take a gap. It's not your fault, is it? None of our faults. But now that's that's brilliant. And in terms of um, being a city fan, you, obviously you would at the time nineties, late nineties. I'm trying to place where you guys were at the time. So you were in second division. Second, so ninety eight yeah. was when we were at our lowest point, and then we won the playoffs in ninety nine to take us into the first division. Now the championship. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. We, we, meantime, are fighting for our lives. We're in the middle of what we call the war years, which was that <gasps> bit where we nearly went out of the league. Um, really? I don't know if you remember. No, yeah, I it's don't. Horrendous times. It's too long a story to get into here because you've only got half an hour, not uh, not five days. <laughs> but, um, yeah, essentially, dodgy owners took over and we were losing the ground. It was sold for under us to, to, to another dodgy scenario. And um, we were just fighting to survive altogether. Meantime, we were in the bottom division, points away from survival. And um, we managed to, to get our way out of trouble in those so two years in, in Gillingham. 
um, borrowing Gilliam's ground and in exile. Horrendous times. Um, I know you guys have had it bad through the years, um, proportionally, especially to what you've got now, but I think we've, we've had even more pain <laughs> through the years. So to be honest, when we got up to the Premier League, that first game of the season in that first season was, you might recall, against you guys at the Amex. And I was delighted it was that game because that was as good a game as we could have had in terms of the opposition and to really feel we'd landed rather than just get Burnley at home or something. You know, <laughs> it was great to have set a proper Premier League team in, in, the, you know, in every essence. And what year to is just, that, sorry? When we got into the Prem was yeah. 2017. Yeah, so 1718. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did show the measure of the kind of opposition we might be up against. And it was fascinating. In the end, we played really well, just switched off a couple of small individual errors and lost. And that was it. (laughs) Uh, Just clinical finishing. That's it. You can't you can't switch off against us. We are constantly just waiting for teams to switch off. And the second they do, we just pounce. Yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. And they are an absolutely brilliant team. What, how does it feel to be a fan of City, having seen them in, as you said, the second division and also some other barren years, even in the top flight, to suddenly see that transformation, um, particularly in the last three or four years, but overall in general? It must be, I can't get my hand around how much yeah, that I, feel like. We can't, we can't generally, so that sort of, you know, City fans that were there, that were there, you know, t- 25 years ago, we can't get our heads around it half the time. Um, and you'll often hear City fans talking about typical City, and it's that kind of idea, <laughs> that little flick in the back of our heads that always believes something's going to go wrong. Um, yeah. But it is, it is, you know, quieting down that, you know, that, that as the years progress but I mean it's a dream come true I often say you know in the job that I do as well so at the weekend gone I was working with um, Sean Gota who was my before Sergio Aguero was my absolute hero he knows how much I love him if I'd have told a 15 year old me that I would be presenting a show with Sean Gota when we win the league you know I would just you'd have got locked up wouldn't you for being crazy it's um it's it, you know it really is insane but you know I look absolutely I, I wonder if you feel the same but I absolutely look back and I loved our time in division two you know the trips were brilliant the away trips were great yeah. the, you know the camaraderie it was the same faces everywhere you went and I look back now and I loved loved that year we had in division two <laughs> absolutely I completely agree with you and it's the little quirky things you get further down the the divisions isn't it you just I don't know there's little quirks and eccentricities that seem to permeate at certain clubs and I don't know you just notice the fans of the opposition they're even more friendly I think generally it's fine in pubs before games and that kind of thing but it's all the more friendly it seems there's more gallows humour isn't there lower down divisions and yeah, I know you guys definitely. have you guys well, are kind of part from that anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but I mean yeah. this year especially it's been it's been crazy. It's been very emotional. Obviously, with a difficult year everybody's had. For me personally, it's been a, you know I've had a really hard year, and so to have had my club be so good this mm. year, and to have been able to see, you know, we I'm lucky that I've been at a lot of games in person. But when I've not been working, you know, to have every game on TV, to have, um, you know, to have had the year we've had, it's been it's been incredible, and you know, it's been it's been a genuine blessing, I think, for my mental health as well to have had City this year. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that kind of thing, aren't they, in general with football? Obviously, if, if your team is Man City, it happens to be even better. <laughs> but, um, but in general, I think it has really helped a lot, hasn't it? I think it has been good that, thankfully, they have been able to put out all the you know, range of TV deals to put out all the games. And um, it's, it's helped everybody. It's just filled a void. And 
when you've got good football to watch, it's 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 always a pleasure. Um, in terms of um, COVID and stuff like that, I mean, did you did you have issues? With that? How did you cope with it? Because it's it's been difficult for everyone. Were you sort of trying to do the the same kind of role from home to a certain extent? How did they work it out with the club? Well, I, I have a normal nine to five job as well. So I work for a charity as well called Blue Cross. Um, and then when I do my presenting work, we did we did the first few games from home, which when we look back now is crazy. So we were doing the pre-match and post-match show on Zoom with four different people in four different houses. And it was going, I mean, I, I think it was something like a million people watched it. Like, so people were like, the, the viewing figures were insane because I think people were so desperate for any sort of football content and we were doing it from home. And then after about four or five games, when the restrictions started to relax a bit on work, we were able to get into a studio and they made a studio in a, the Puma box inside the Etihad. Now the show has been really successful. And the problem now is Puma want their box back. <laughs> So I think um, I think when we play you guys on Tuesday, I'm going to be presenting from the side of the pitch or somewhere else at the Etihad, not not um, not with you guys, because um, we we record all the shows from from the Etihad. Um, but we're doing it in person. But that you know that was that was amazing because it meant I was going into the Etihad and seeing other people, and you know so even just yeah. from a from, again from a mental health point of view to see other adults and have adult conversation and then to be able to watch the game live, it was a blessing. That's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, fans back into grounds for this one and for the final game of the season of the weekend. Are you getting there? Are you getting in? Yes. Yeah, I've got got a ticket. (laughs) I didn't. How many many are in? We've got 7,900, which is roughly, I think, 25%, isn't it? Something like that. So, yeah, I didn't go to the, there were two other games that we had, didn't we, in between lockdowns briefly. And I didn't go to either of those. We had a ballot system, a four tier ballot system, completely at random. Yeah, and so I didn't get in for those. But this one I was in priority group one, so I thought, wow, okay, go for it. Why not? And um, so, what yeah. was your priority group one then? What did that mean? That just means you're in the first tranche of, so of kind of ticket, ticket sales. Yeah. In... yeah, yeah, it's no. all season ticket holders. Yeah, and then yeah. if it, if it goes beyond that, then obviously you can go beyond that. But I think it's it's sold out and. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've gone in a different area behind the goal. Um, might get myself on TV, but a media whoring. Uh, <laughs> I'll look for you. I'll look for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, if, you must be so excited. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. And I haven't been. I mean, the last game was obviously um, I think it was March last year, wasn't it? Some 14 months, and I haven't really been into Brighton at all in that period because I'm living in London and mm. folks don't live in Brighton anyway. For a few times I've seen them, so yeah, it's it's going to be great to get back and. Um, and really just taking the atmosphere. I th- it's going to be curious to see how much noise can be made because the general vibe is there's a lot of noise considering the lesser number of fans, I isn't it? I bet there will be. I bet yeah, there will be yeah. noise. I think because you're getting your hardcore fans as well. It's the same for us. Our, our, hmm. For the Everton game, our ballot went out to season ticket holders and there was a season ticket holders with a certain amount of point and then season ticket holders. And I think because you're getting the real hardcore people, you are going to get the volume. You know, with, hmm. with the greatest respect, you're not getting your sort of tourist fans, which obviously we, we get, you know, everybody in the Premier League gets them who, you know, I think because you're getting your hardcore, I'm expecting it to be loud. Yeah, yeah. And then who have you got on the final game of the season? Who's your home match? That's Everton. So um, we've got 10,000 in for that. And that's the day we'll we'll get to lift the trophy. So, yes, perfect. That's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, Where do you know, in terms of the match, do you, because obviously you're doing your stuff beforehand, and and is there anything afterwards as well, by the way? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We do straight away at full time. Yeah. 
So do you have you just got a standard season ticket or do you just go into a different area, staff related or otherwise? So I have a season ticket that I've always had because I sit next to one of my best friends and I because I've always sat there. I know everybody around me, like, you know, like like the, the, the like yeah. Jane that sits behind me got pregnant and now she's got like an 18 year old. Like so like everybody like, you know, know, you know, everybody around you. So I because of my my role, I can sit in the media area, which gives you like a TV and you get replays and everything. So, so I do do that on some games where I feel like, all right, I've got to con- this is a bit, I've got to concentrate today. I've got to take notes. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I go up and sit in my season ticket seat as much as I can because, um, you know, I just, I, it's part of, the, you know, I love being around my friends. It's it's part of the joy of football, isn't it? It's part of what we what we've all missed. But it is a bit of a juggle because it does often mean I'm getting in, I'm running up like I'm because I'm on the second tier. It often means like I'm running up and getting in a few minutes late and then having to leave like a few minutes before the end to, to run back down. But you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. That's why we went for a run this morning. You keep yourself fit, ready for uh, next yeah, week. Yeah, we've got to. It? Yeah, what is <laughs> running around the Etihad to do? <laughs> <laughs> so where where's your ticket? Is it so? If I'm an away fan at the Etihad, mm-hmm. where where are you in relation to me? Are you behind the goal other end? Or yeah, one so of the you, you're you're South Stand and I'm South Stand. So I'm South Stand level two. So um, in mm-hmm. the middle behind the goal. Yeah. So same, yeah. same side. So I was North Stand at the um, at Main Road, and then everybody mm-hmm. from North Stand got moved into the south stand of the Etihad. Uh, main road. I'm a, I'm a big ground hopper. I've been to tons, well into three figures for the number of grounds <gasps> overall, including old ones, but I never did get to main road. Oh, um, you missed I've gutted out. now. Yeah. Tell me it. about it. Go on, a quick lament. Go on. So you would park your car and the little scallies would say uh, a pound to mind you, mind your car, <laughs> a pound to mind your car, so you'd give them a quid and then you'd walk down through tiny little alleys, back alleys, you know, the galleys of the terraced houses and then you'd come out and all of a sudden there was a huge stadium there that was a bit disjointed you just everything didn't necessarily fit but it was magic you just and then you pop out and then it was you know it was just there and you know it was the well was where I got my first season ticket from I loved Main Road brilliant yeah yeah such a shame I didn't get to see that one but you know can't turn back time now um but looking forwards um we've got the game obviously coming up Tuesday night kickoff and um, Brighton have confirmed their um, position in the uh, Premier League for next season for a record fifth time we've Yay! our previous spell was four years so yeah that's <laughs> great we're really happy with that looking forwards to trying to get some points off you guys of the of the big bigger clubs or shall we call them the big six um being polite um, there's I'm usually yeah. calling them the greedy six at the moment <laughs> <laughs> um but you're you're the only team we haven't got any points points off of we haven't beaten Chelsea but we've drawn with them we've beaten all of the other big big sides City I, I wouldn't say we got close we haven't even got close to I guess the game this season was quite close um there was actually a foul in the build-up to your goal in fact um <laughs> yeah which no one was talking about on the punditry but you beat <laughs> us one nil. about it <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you beat us 1-0 in that game um do you think we've got any hope in this one coming up yeah, do you know what? I think you probably have because we, I could not, I I could not tell you right now who is going to play. I mean, when Scott Carson started against Newcastle, it was a shock to everybody. Um, yeah, including so, Scott Carson, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I need to hear wonderful things. Apparently, he's a really lovely, lovely man. But yeah, surprised. So I have no idea who is going to play. Um, having said that, you know, our our second string 11 is still full of you know I say I don't even know who our second string 11 is but you know if you know whoever we play it's going to be a team full of world-class players so yeah maybe yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, which for which players to fear? Oh, it's it's daunting. But we, I, I don't know. I've got a feeling we're just in with a chance. I've never really felt like we could get a result against you guys, I have to say. But I do think there's maybe a, just a little inkling of a chance on the basis that uh, the title's wrapped up and mm-hmm. we've been getting closer just on those 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 pointers. Having said that, we're now missing Lewis Dunk, um, our, our linchpin defender, and um, Neil Morpé, who's one of our main strikers so who knows who knows but we have got a certain Mr Welbeck in form at the moment who um, you guys will be familiar with this yeah rival, absolutely rival yeah yeah is it yeah, weird but... just now then if you so you, your, your place is cemented so what what do you feel like your guys are playing for are people coming out of contract or is it, uh, is not, it not particularly yeah not not particularly with the um with the main players they're all kind of under contract Danny Welbeck actually is it was a one-year deal, so we're looking to renew that one. And I think yeah. most of the popular opinion and probably the club opinion is I'd like to renew it because he's uh, he's come into his own and settled in now. Most of the others, yeah, they're under contract for fairly long periods, apart from those that we want to release or probably will. Yeah. So it's more just about playing for positions, for pride, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Our highest position, I think, in ever is 13th in the table. So that's probably not achievable now this season due to just continuing to not pick up results we should have done like the Wolves game uh, and not seeing out the West Ham game at the, at the weekend. But yeah. I think, yeah, it's just really playing for positions. But I think we'll try yeah. different different players that are on the periphery a bit. Uh, we've got quite a decent strength and depth for our level. So, um, so it's a case of getting a bit more game time, particularly for strikers, because that's the area, as yeah. you probably would have seen, that we've had problems with. Yeah. Um, XG are you versus most goals. You, you still the most draws in the league by a mile as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're I think we're two ahead of Fulham. We've got fourteen draws, um, which is Brilliant. the most. And <laughs> yeah, I think we we've conceded twenty five points from winning positions altogether, no which is oh my goodness. Yeah. Our XG would be fifth in the table if if that was um, manifested into reality. Oh, I so do done. I. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly for us this season. Yeah, I bet anyway. you do. Yeah. <laughs> so. On that basis, I think with playing with the extra freedom, who knows? Maybe well, we played well against West Ham in the second half. And if we play with the same freedom, we who knows? We might be able to get something. We've beaten you before, but not in this incarnation. So it's for, for City, I mean, they're a wonderful team to watch. I love Pep Guardiola. I love all the players. One in particular, I mean, well, a few in particular I've loved. And the, the obvious one, Silva, De Bruyne, and those kind of guys, Aguero, of course, as well who will be leaving, won't he, at the end of the season. Yeah. So but maybe, maybe a very quick word about him, but also about the man I love the most at the moment in your team. You know who I'm going to say, obviously, Phil Foden. Is he possibly the best player in the world at the moment, I think, with the way he's playing? He is absolutely insane. So he has developed from what everybody thought was an incredible player through the season to every time he plays, he seems to get better. And you 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 believe you think he can't possibly get better. And then he does. And, you know, it's just the little, you know, his work rate is phenomenal. You know, his love for the game is phenomenal. The individual little bits of, of skill that he does, um, you know, he's just... He's just, you know, and being obviously being a city fan, you know, his family, you know, being a proper city fan, he's so special to us. I think that, you know, England fans should be unbelievably excited to see him at, at the Euros. He, I, we genuinely believe he's a generational talent. Yeah, yeah, he and he's a real game changer, isn't he? Um, yeah. Individually, the beauty of it is collectively as well. I think he is part of a team, from what I've seen anyway. You'll, you'll be able to say better than me, but he mm-hmm. seems to be part of a team as much as he is an individual talent. In the, in the same way, dare we say it, Messi and others have been for Barcelona in their heyday, 
Um, he's not just all about him. Not yeah, over keen on Mr. Ronaldo, for example. He's <laughs> fantastic talent yeah. though he is. You know, it's it's almost a bit just about him, isn't it? But with Foden, it seems like he's he's just really in for the team as well. And they've they've brought him through nicely, haven't they? There was talk about whether he'd go on loan and this, that, and the other. But they've they've I think they've managed his development really well, haven't they? Yeah, really, really well. So talk of the, the press absolutely hounded us and him for, for, for years about the fact that, he, you know, he, he didn't go out on loan. He, he wasn't playing. I mean, there's a famous tweet. I think it's is it Neil Curtis from The Sun and it gets retweeted constantly. And it's when he said Phil Foden signed a new contract and, and has agreed to sit on the bench for six years. So that tweet gets every time he has a good game, everybody's back retweeting that tweet again. Um, but the way that the club handled him, the way that Pep handled him, um, you know, the way that they brought him through slowly and they kept him. And, you know, to think that he was training with David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne every day, you know, that has got to be better for your development than going out to, you know, to a championship club with all, all respect to them. Um, and obviously the way that they have handled him and the way that they've slowly brought him through to this season being pretty much a regular, being one of the first names on, on the team sheet, you know, I think it's absolute vindication of, of, of the way that they have handled it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's brilliant. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to get down to the game because, you know, I've seen what I think is the best team in the world at the moment. Um, playing my team is great. I just, you know, it's, it's superb. And um, that's why I'm, I've got a seat near the front as well. I'm in the North Stand. Nice. So, so I get a closer view because I'm normally mm-hmm. in the West Upper in the Main Stand. So that's good. Um, I don't know if you'll see him. I don't know if you'll play. I genuinely not a clue who's going to play. No, that's true. But whoever whoever plays, it's, it's a yeah. good joy to watch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, just couple of quick bits before you go. I mentioned the greedy six earlier on. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty sure I know what your views will be on that. But um, could you a quick take on that? And how has it been received in general with City fans? Because I'm not sure if they've done much protest wise compared with others, but they've obviously pulled out earlier. So maybe that's part of the reason. I think the difference perhaps between us and the other clubs is that we are really proud of our owners and we're really proud mm-hmm. of what they've done for the, the city of Manchester. They have genuinely invested in the whole city. You know, they everything that they've you know done in terms of, you know, the stadium, the, the, the facilities that, you know, they've built a school. They, you know, lots of things about the building of the, the facilities were, you know, people were, mm-hmm. a majority of people were hired within miles, that lived within miles of the stadium. You know, they've really heavily invested mm-hmm. in, in, in Manchester and um so in you know in general we we are we're super proud of them I, I I think with I think we'll you know we we will forgive them we are forgiving and I think that um ultimately that what is the outcome is what I think all fans wanted in the end yeah I think so yeah it's, it's a bit different for city on that basis isn't it with the owners and, and they have done a, a huge amount for it. it's the east part of the city isn't it I think where Yes. Most of that development's happened and it's great. It's yeah. really good to see that. And yeah, I mean, I think it seemed to me that them and, and Chelsea as well, who effectively are in the same boat in that regard, were, it's more a case of FOMO, wasn't it, really? I think they, they were thinking if this goes ahead, fear of missing out, it's going to be a problem. Uh, not where they wanted to go, but where they felt they might have to. And I, I'm glad they, they pulled out of it when they did, because I think that really that set the ball rolling, didn't it? Yeah, getting that definitely. ridiculous idea out yeah yeah and um, so I'll back to a cheerier note just to wrap up then it's been lovely having you on but um, you might be spoiling it now by predicting a city win what, what are you going to go for for the Tuesday night the big kickoff no idea with your draw records <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw um, we take a draw yeah. yeah I think genuinely whoever we put out you know it's going to be a world-class team um so I, th- I think we'll win. I don't think it will be anything kind of ridiculous on our on our part. But then again, I, I would never have predicted the Newcastle result. So I've got no idea. I'll probably just go with like a safe 2-0. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I'll probably yeah. go for the same, actually. Yeah, 2 0. Let's <laughs> say 2 <two> 0. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, Natalie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us. It's really great. Would you come back on again, maybe, for next yes, season? Yes, absolutely. Let's chat next year for Lovely. sure. Okay, brilliant. That's fantastic. So thanks very much to Natalie Pike for joining us on the podcast. So Natalie Pike there, that was great chatting to her. Came across really well and she's she's a proper City fan through and through. So we wish her all the best and congratulations to City, of course, on having won the title. Um, they did it in, well, not the greatest style. It's that horrible kind of flat thing of when someone else screws up and you win on a default basis. I, I know no one would ever want it that way. At least there weren't fans uh, in stadiums for that one. So, when someone else screwed up, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah. Leicester, it was taking an awful lot of teams to screw up for us to win the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea um, beating uh, Spurs, wasn't it? Led to Leicester winning the title. There was something around when Liverpool won it. Was it they played Chelsea after they won I it through? Um... City to, to win Liverpool the league last time, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But there we go. But they've they've thoroughly deserved it this year. They've been pretty brilliant, haven't they, Charlie? Would you say yeah. <laughs> any arguments on that one? No arguments whatsoever. Not as good as their Centurion season or the one where they got ninety nine points or whatever it was. But outstanding once again from them. And you can see that they're not even focusing on the Premier League. They're focusing on the bloody Champions League and, uh, and the FA Cup and the EFL Cup and that. They didn't they didn't win the the FA Cup and they've not won the EFL Cup either, have they? But they've of course got to the Champions League final against Chelsea, won the league by rotating quite often. They put Scott Carson in goal for his first Premier League appearance since, what, 2011 or whatever it was. I think it was a a funny stat that between this appearance he had at the weekend uh, and his last one in the Premier League, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored over 250 league goals. So it just shows their squad depth, doesn't it? They can do that. They can kind of take the piss a little bit, put Scott Carson in goal. Um, But in all seriousness, fantastic once again from City. Well-deserved and just... The best team in the league by far, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got the greater strength and depth. I think the Liverpool is where their main asset is on top of them both being great teams. They've just got their strength and depth. And they have, despite that, I think they've still done well the way they've managed that squad. They had to absorb being, I think, what was it, as low as 13th or 14th in the table in the earlier stages. And people were starting to think, oh, you know, second year in a row, they're not going to win here. Liverpool were top, of course, at the time. But as Liverpool's injuries grew, partly down to misfortune, partly down to not being able to manage their squad quite so well as City, um, gradually City, well, their iron grip on the title gradually came into play, didn't it? And they're just looking at a canter now. As you said, that's not even their main focus this year, but they're winning it with plenty to spare. And... um, yeah, hats off to them. They're a great team. As we, I was talking about there with Natalie, you know, there's so many players that you don't know which team's going to turn out. There's so many good players. In the past, they've had the Agueros and the Silvers. Those, that generation's moving out. The Bruner, of course, is still there. And Phil Foden, who I was talking about with Natalie there, she's, he's, he's just going on. He seems to be escalating in quality per game, doesn't he? It's incredible. What a talent. Yeah, absolutely. And when, and when you think also about it, they've got Torres, who got a hat-trick on Friday mm. as well. I mean, that's quite scary. Yeah. He kind of adapts to English games, which he seems to have done now as well. Um, yeah, I mean, mm. Liverpool have had injuries, but on the other hand, Aguero's missed pretty much all the, a lot of the season and hardly scored. They've had to adapt to that. Mm. They've had to adapt to De Bruyne um, being out for quite a chunk, you know, and even when they don't miss players as good, you know, as talented as those guys then, you know, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, they, they, they lacked central defensive depth last season, which is why they didn't win the league. Hmm. They replaced yes. 
they brought in Diaz, who has been probably the signing of the season, arguably. I would mm. say, I know he cost a lot of money, but I mean, their defence is ridiculously good. And yeah, for all their prowess, I think the problem last season was, you know, a, a tactical foul by Laporte on Webster led to, yeah. you could argue, them losing the season. Um, and uh, I think that's kind of a bit, a little bit of comeuppance because it's it's kind of cynical fouling. But yeah, a little bit harsh, maybe. But it was um, four nil, know, wasn't it? At the Etihad, Aguero, yeah. it was just ridiculous. Yeah, that was yeah it didn't do us any good, did it? No, it really <laughs> um, didn't. But if you their ultimately, option, though, you Liverpool, when I, I without want to blow my own trumpet, I actually did predict them for the league at the title at the start of the season, which is one of the few predictions I think I've got right this season, based on the fact that their depth is just better than Liverpool's. And obviously, yeah. I didn't expect Van Dyke to miss all the four games. But yeah. once we went past him, I, I mean, I, I don't really rate Gomez and Matip anywhere near as good as some oh, of the okay. other players. And, you know, they're, they're decent, yeah. but they're not anywhere near as close. So even if they'd been fit, I think with, with them playing together, it wouldn't have been Liverpool, yeah. wouldn't have been anywhere near I mean, yeah, I did go for Liverpool. It's only the second time I've got the league title wrong since I've been predicting over the last sort of, I don't know what it is, dozen, 13, 14 years. The other one I got wrong was Leicester. But um, I got this one wrong because I thought Liverpool... <laughs> yeah, uh, we did it fairly early season, didn't we? A few, Just a few games in. Um, but I, I must admit, I didn't expect Liverpool to have quite such a depth of injury issues. I think it's 19 defensive partnerships they had at centre-back, uh, makeshift or otherwise. Uh, incredible, you know, you can't really deal with that. Um but yeah, Both the key and and um, City lost a, a defender in City's case, Company, and in their case, Lovren in the summer, and didn't replace him. And it's like, well, why didn't Liverpool learn from City's mistakes? Mm. I, I found it really weird they didn't invest in the centre half in the summer, which could have... yeah, effectively it was the same problem, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and as you said, Dyer has been a brilliant signing. I mean, he's, he's we didn't talk about that on the interview just now, but you know, in terms of players, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. And one of the key differences, I think in that department. That was the one missing ingredient, wasn't it? Having another player like him. Uh, and he's been excellent, hasn't he, Charlie? Yeah, he's been absolutely brilliant. What a signing. Like, I wasn't expecting him to be that good. I remember he was linked to Wolves yeah. season prior to him coming to City. And I thought, oh, it's just one of these Portuguese players who has a lot of promise, but probably won't live up to the billing. But then he comes into City for, what was it, 50, 60 million quid. Absolutely world-class straight away. Him and John Stones had a partnership for like five or six games where they only conceded a goal or two. Yeah. Yeah. He's worth every penny, isn't he? Yeah. And Cancelo's yeah. moved on uh, leaps and bounds as well. You know, he's, yeah. And Rodri as well. I think Rodri's improved quite a lot. Mm. This but on the other hand, you've got to balance it out though. Nathan Ake got him, I think, 35, 40 million quid. And they, he's barely played this season. And he played on Friday and was at fault for at least two of the goals. And he gave away a penalty having played the guy on side in the first place. And then I think also was a bit kind of caught in the wrong position for the first goal as well. So you, know, you don't get all of them right, even at City's you know, spending levels. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a daunting task, isn't it? Uh, t- Tuesday night or tonight, if you're listening to this on match day. Um, we have had no joy recently. The overall head-to-head record isn't too bad in as much as we have won five games and drawn four but we have lost 16. Of course, the damage mainly being done in that balance uh, in these Premier League years. Um, we haven't had any joy. The only team we haven't taken points from, I think, amongst those that have been in the Prem for as long as we have, um, certainly the only team amongst the top six or big six clubs um, that we haven't taken any anything from at all. We got close earlier this season. Um, there was a foul in the build-up to what proved to be the only goal of the game at the Etihad. Um, that's the closest, I think, pretty much that we've come. Is there any chance we can get anything in this game, guys? Peter, what do you think? I think the, the positive is that City probably will play 
uh, a mixed team for the next couple of games, probably to keep everyone fit for the Champions League. I think the negative is that City's mixed up and patched up team is probably significant and step above our one that's like got about six injuries to it and suspensions. So, I mean, when you're looking at players like Aguero possibly coming in to, to you know, weaken them and, uh, you know, and, and potentially, you know, players like Laporte who was on the bench of the day who hasn't played much, you know, it's, it's not exactly a uh, going to struggle. But, I mean, the only hope we have is City have a, an off day because their mind is completely on something else and, and we somehow can, can nick a goal. I mean, I think we've got more chance than we ever have before in the sense that we, we do compete with these teams now rather than playing, you know, defensively and holding on, which we, was never going to work. We've, we've competed with all the big six this season, all of them. I think, in arguably, Arsenal's the one we've like, we've really done least against when we drew all us one at home. But I mean, Spurs we've beaten and should have got something away. United we should have got something from both games. I mean, it's a travesty they beat us twice this season. Um, Liverpool we should have won at home, arguably, and, and deserved to win away. You know, it's like Chelsea we could have won away quite easily. It's, it, we've actually, I mean, that is one of the things I really like about Potter's management. He's actually taken us rather than going back to the end of the, the, the Hewton time when basically we were playing Murray up front or Andoni up front and hoofing it forward that Tottenham game where we were absolutely dreadful and just sat defended for 89 minutes until Ericsson scored. Didn't even try and attack at all. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was just like depressing. I mean, what's the point of a game like that? You're just holding on and you're probably not going to. Whereas, you know, we are giving these teams a game now. We're giving them, and as you say, we were a bit unlucky at the Etihad end of the season. Yep. So, score prediction from you, Peter? 5-0 um, City, yeah? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to be crazy and go one all, just for, the, just, just for the hell of it. I mean, nothing's going to go, you know, we could easily get thrashed as well, but sod it, I'm going to go one all. <laughs> I, I think I might revise my earlier prediction from the interview um, I had there. I might just say actually 2-1 instead of 2-0, but still to City. I don't think we. I just feel we're going to get frustrated again. Um, but I'm going to say I'll go two one City. And Charlie, have you got? A, you don't have to come up with one, but have you got a no, score no, prediction? I do have a prediction. It's two one to City, the same as yours. Sorry to be a bit boring there, but it's the same prediction I made on my podcast yesterday. I think it's especially with De Bruyne as well. I didn't realize he was fit, but he is fit. And the only hmm. problem they've got is Aguero with a slight fitness issue. They've got a fully fit squad, and I don't know how they've done that, but. I suppose it's all the rotation, isn't it? No one's playing yeah. too many minutes. And it's just the fact that they can get goals from anywhere on the pitch. Their top scorer is Gundogan with 12. You've got the likes of Sterling, Mares, De Bruyne, all with more than seven. Jesus, the fact he's played the most minutes out of their strikers this season. What if they don't even play a striker? They can put Torres up there and he'll score three against Newcastle. I think they can play any squad against us, have their D option and they'd still be able to field a much better side than us. I don't think one of our players would get in their starting 11 or their second starting 11. Maybe, sorry, Basuma would definitely get in there, I think. Dunk, maybe you could argue that he could get in there at some stage. Lamptey, maybe. But, you know, the players that are actually available. Dunk and Lamptey aren't. Basuma's probably the only one who could ever fit into that Man City team. So, um, You don't think Dan Byrne would get in there, then? <laughs> to be fair, you know, put them up front. They might give them an option if they need a late goal. But I don't think they're going to be... Uh, needing those the amount of players they've got the quality just the world-class midfield they've got it's just mm. incredible the yeah. fact Raheem Sterling hasn't really been on fire this season De Bruyne's been injured loads Aguero and they're still where they are honestly can't quite believe it I think it's Foden terrifying <laughs> yeah. about their improved players and Gundogan actually is another one isn't he I mean he he's yeah. ridiculous yeah that run of he scored about 10 in 10 or something ridiculous like that for a, mm. a player of you know who's you know not necessarily known for being a goal-scoring midfielder but they were saying he's slightly changed position and 
and Pep's going to like slightly tweak their tactics, and he's got him in the box a lot more because of their they're not really playing a striker, and he's had a. I mean, he must be candidate for Player of the Year in the Premier League, I'd say. Yeah, if not and, candidate. And you still got Mares comes in, and he does a really good job, and he's still dangerous. And just whoever comes in, even Zinchenko and people like that, I think they've all improved under him, and they they all add something, don't they? And as you said, how he's kept the squad fit or back to fitness by the end of the season is is kind of ominous and quite impressive. Good news for them for the Champions League. I think they'll win the Champions League, um, but we'll wait and see on that. The only thing on that, of course, is Chelsea have already won it. So that's, you know, kind of, there's a mm. bit more pressure on City, you feel, there, almost to kind of, yeah, you know, maybe. In, in a sense. But, and then on the other hand, of course, Chelsea might need to win it to get into the Champions League next yeah. season, depending on how the last yeah. So, you know, you could argue both ways. I think I think probably City will win it. I think they're, they they probably will be right. And I, I don't really believe we're going to draw. I just thought I'd uh, put that out there to be honest. <laughs> I think we'll get a goal, though. I think there'll be something to celebrate because yeah. all the chances we create and the fact that City will probably get a bit cocky. They've won the league. Their eyes are on the Champions League rather than this. They'll just be using this to get players minutes, keep them fit and get some confidence. I think they'll just be playing, keeping the ball as much as they can and say, build that confidence. But they might step up right on the halfway line and all it takes is to get in behind, a few one-twos in behind and there's a goal potentially. They have to finish the chance first. That's the, that's the hard bit for us. But if you put someone like Percy Tau in behind, for example, he's so quick that I think he could be a couple of yards in front of the defenders and still managed to get there. Um, and, you know, it's different, isn't it? Because Glenn Murray, of course, when he was up top, you didn't have that option of getting in behind with players like him and Trostard as well. I, I just think that pace could be so useful and I think we will nick a goal. I, I don't think that we'll win the game or draw the game, but a goal will be nice, especially with, with you there and, and be able to celebrate that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm thanking for that to happen. I really, really hope it does. That'd be great. Yeah, so... Um, that game, of course, kicks off seven o'clock on Tuesday evening. You mentioned Chelsea, Leicester uh, battling. Um, you know, well, Chelsea are battling to get into the top four, to stay in the top four. That, that's a big game. That kicks off at eight fifteen. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, I think, you know, I think City have played it well by kind of uh, when they played Chelsea, they haven't really played necessarily that what will be their full strength team. And um, I think that the chances of Chelsea winning three in a row against City just seem very unfeasible, yeah, not although, just two calls a good manager. I would really be a bit gutted if I was a City fan in a way, not gutted, but disappointed that they didn't take the FA Cup a little bit more seriously because they could be looking mm. at quadruple now, which is yeah. you know, unheard of. And that would have been, I mean, they probably would have beaten City, Chelsea if they played their full strength team in the semi-final. Obviously won two trophies already. They could have, they could win a third. I, I know it sounds ridiculous in the treat season where you might win three trophies to say it's a missed opportunity, but no one's ever done the quadruple as far as I'm aware. And it feels no. like that would have been a the perfect chance to do it, and they they they've arguably messed it up by by pissed, you know they'd already won the league at that point anyway. Why pretty much? Why not play your strongest team against Chelsea? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So to round off then on this episode, Charlie, um, really with you, I just wanted to ask you your season overview and yeah. um, any of your transfer ones. You've already mentioned, of course, Olivier Giroud. Um, so any other transfers you think we need and how do you think we've done so far this season yeah well starting off on the season itself I think I mentioned this briefly in the, in the first episode we recorded earlier we've had a fantastic season performance wise 
there's just been a fine balance between getting draws and getting wins. Quite often we've drawn games where we probably should have won. Quite often we've lost games that we could have won against West Brom, against Crystal Palace, Man United on both occasions, Chelsea as well. There's been so many times a season where we've dropped points or I think in terms of teams going ahead in the Premier League and then dropping points from winning positions, we're top of that table with like 25 or something ridiculous. Hmm. Even add a third of those on and you're already at mid-table. Or if you turn a couple of the draws into wins again and turn a couple of losses, say against West Brom and Palace into wins and Sheffield United as well. We took one point out of six against them, by far the worst team in the league. It's just all those games against teams in and around us. We need to improve and get those points. And if we can, we're suddenly looking at top half and essentially fighting on and going on further. And then we can attract better players and progress as a team like Uncle Tony wants us to. So yeah, I don't know you called him that earlier on in the podcast. Um, I've not called him that before, but I like it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great season performance-wise. It's just a fine balance, isn't it? And I think we've done well as well with not having March and Lamptey for a large chunk because that's hmm. a massive part of the way Potter wants to play is having hmm. his dynamic wing-backs bombing forward. We've had to make the most of people out of position like Dan Byrne and Joel Veltman and Al Zate and Moda and Gross playing at wing-back. Whoever thought that would happen? Zakiri yeah. as well. Zakiri, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like these utility options, he didn't even think of play there. Jahambash had one game at right wing back temporarily, didn't he? And it's crazy, isn't it, that Potter's managed to get this much out of the players in the wrong positions and we still ended up staying up by a long margin. Yes, the teams below us have been significantly worse and that's helped us. We've still got 38 points. That's pretty much enough to stay up in most seasons in the Premier League and there's potential to get our record points total still. It's unlikely against City and Arsenal, but I think 41 is the record. We can match it with getting one win in the last two. We did the double over Arsenal last season. There's a potential there. So, yeah, I'm very confident going into next season. I think the main thing was staying up, and we've done more than that. We've played very good football, and I'm extremely excited to see what can come because with Lamptey back, I mean, anything can happen. It's also a matter of keeping on to players, isn't it? I know you're on about transfer targets. I think a priority needs to be keeping a hold of players. Basuma, I mean, he's he's destined to go, isn't he, unfortunately? But keep a hold of Lamptey. I, I think his his um, injury has been a blessing in disguise in terms of the, the attention's been taken away from him, hasn't it? And he's actually probably mm. going to stay now for another season at least. Keep hold of the likes of uh, Ben White. Lewis Dunk will stay, obviously. March as well, a very key player. And get a striker, I think, is a second priority. Someone like Giroud, like I mentioned, his wages are a lot, but I think you can make up for that with the fact it's a free transfer with his contract expiring. Mm. Or get someone in from the French League. We were talking about how their TV rights have been taken away and they're not having as much money in that league. We might get someone for a cut price. So yeah, I'm rambling on now. But priority, keep a hold of our key players and then get a striker. I don't think we need any more defenders. (laughs) I think that's one thing that's safe to say. Yeah, except maybe a wing-back possibly as cover or something. That's something that people have talked about. Actually, it's I know it's a Mm. weird one, but he's... His contract's running out of Southampton. I don't think. Yeah, anyone... and he's been he's been released, hasn't he, for definite as well yeah. by the sounds of it. But that's mm. another. Option. He might be good. He's won the yeah. Champions yeah. League earlier in his career as a left winger for Chelsea. So yeah, he's, he's exactly. I, I know we look to look to build players who who can stay with us for a long time, but you can make exceptions. I think the, the players you mentioned there, Giroud and Bertrand, would both be quite an interesting choice for the short to medium term I think sometimes that that is a good signing particularly if it's a free transfer anyway yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah 
Okay, excellent. Sounds good. Well, um, on that note then, Charlie, thanks again for joining us for this uh, the second stint for the, this two podcast special with you as our guest. Yeah, it's been no, great I, having you on. Yeah, it's been great. Good I've enjoyed this. Yeah, and um, we'd love to get you back on. Maybe we'll do one in person at some point. Who knows? And um, it'll be good to see anyone in person really soon. <laughs> They're football related. Um, but in the meantime, thanks for joining us. And Peter, we'll round off in the usual way by saying stand or fall. At the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.